This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. Oh boy, I'm all jittery and excited to talk about The Queen's Gambit episodes 5, 6, and 7. But I wanted to say generally, I thought these were really fun episodes. Yeah. This is how you do the middle of a show. Great songs. They have, you know, she's playing them loud. Fever. The monkeys. Mm -hmm. I'm not just stepping stone. Loved all of it. And so many great effects, like the faces on the chessboard, the squares kind of coming in and out of people's faces on the screen. I mean, it was just... I don't know anything about TV making, so I don't know what who is responsible for those things, but it was amazing. Yeah. But then also, we have to talk about the fashion. I read about the fashion that it's all chess inspired. You notice how much yeah. black and white I she wears? I did notice that yeah. only in Russia. I didn't notice it otherwise, but I did. Well, I had read it a while ago, so then I... If you had had it in your head, you probably would have noticed it more. And it's just by the end, she just looks amazing. I mean, putting aside the chess inspiration for it, that final, I mean, when we get to it, her final outfit is just exquisite. I mean, she's perfect. Uh, all The makeup, the hair gets better. I mean, the whole thing is just watching her evolution, it kind of coming into her own. I loved it. So stellar. The show is top notch on every level. Really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Again, to your point about how you do a, the the middle episodes. I mean, then I was so excited to be seeing some of these mm-hmm. these old foes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have Harry for the first half of this episode, and then you get Benny for the second half. This is how I operate. I <laughs> and I kind of loved seeing it. I have never heeded the idea of like keeping things separate. The her friends, her work colleagues, and her boyfriends are all the same pool of people, right? These yeah, are all yeah. chess people. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've always operated that. I need people who are exceptional in slash and or passionate about the same things as I am. I don't understand who, like someone who's like, oh, I'm an interior decorator and he's a, you know, computer programmer. I'm like, well, what do you, ha- what? What goes on there? Like, what goes on? How do you collide? I don't understand. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, clearly Beth yes. agrees with you. Yes. Or she just, given her lifestyle, is just certainly not, doesn't exactly have the time or I don't think right. the disposition to go out and, and we saw what happened when she tried to hang out with the apple pies. And maybe <laughs> that is more of it. I have the same lifestyle and disposition that, that she does there. I think that's the, that might yeah. be it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like to be Uh consumed with what we want to be consumed with and adding to it just feels like a distraction. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we start with Harry Beltic, who swoops in really as Beth. Well, first, I'll just say with the flashbacks, because I do think each of these flashbacks kind of matters to sort of her, the ending. But this one is is one of her mom telling her that it's important not to be scared of being alone. Mm -hmm. And that's come up a number of times, I think, in these flashbacks but I, I think it will come 
full circle towards the end but anyway it's funny I because I didn't I didn't mark any of them down until the last until the last one I I do think that's bad advice I do yeah oh I think her mother's been giving her bad advice all along oh okay okay yeah I think that's that's why they're noteworthy I think by the end yes because I think by the end she stops listening to these her mother's voice in her head and and makes her own choices about how she wants to live her life. So yeah, no, I think it's bad advice. Definitely. Then we got Harry. His teeth are fixed. Yes. (laughs) And he swoops in just as Beth really needs someone. Alma has passed and she is going back to this house all alone. And so it's really nice that he comes out of the blue and calls her. But they are very, as far as chess goes, ideologically opposed she doesn't want to learn theory she doesn't want to talk about possibilities she says she likes to analyze what actually happened not what could happen Mm -hmm. this to me was very we already know she's a Scorpio and I don't know how much of this was conscious but it tracks with a fixed sign so much the fixed sign would only want to and I only notice it because I'm the opposite and fixed sign wants to analyze what has already happened. And the mm-hmm. cardinal sign is already looking to what's going to happen next or or hypothesizing or playing it out and not based on what has happened in the past. So, right. so I thought that and was And the fixed sign in me, yeah. I'm fixed. Yes. I get, I get it. I get her yes. on, on that. And he says, you're so stubborn, you get mad. And when mm-hmm. that happens, you only see what's in front of you. And she says, she tries to argue with him. She says, anger clears my head. He says, anger is a potent Uh, spice. A pinch wakes mm -hmm. you up. Too much dulls your senses. You've got to stay open. And I just love how he's pushing her, you know. Mm. I mean, she's, she's arrogant at times, you know, and set in her ways. And he's like, listen, you're a great player, but you need to improve a lot to beat Borgoff. And that's what you want to do. Then, you know. You yes. got to think about it from a different way. Control your anger. Like, he really does push her. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's not, not going to get her all the way. No. But it does take a, a, gives her a baby step in the right direction. But uh, he doesn't really challenge her. You're, I mean, I get what you're saying. I agree. But it's not going to be enough to take her anywhere. And it's not on an intimate level or a professional level. There's no fire or chemistry. It's nice. It's, oh, yeah. It's better than being alone. But I even the part though when he comes out though after he finds the tranquilizers in the bathroom and not not the part when he leaves and confronts her this is even before that just when he leaves the bathroom and she's dancing to fever as you mentioned yes. so I love that I love it but the look on his face I mean he's just he's almost looks scared of her like mm-hmm. uncomfortable and at first I thought is he just uncomfortable because he's just like not used to being around women which is I'm assuming right um or maybe because he's got a crush on her or whatever and he's not really seen a woman acting sexy and dancing but then I, you know I'm like I think and we can talk about it more later but I think he's a little scared of her he's mm. he's because I do think he sees her and I mean it in in, in, <laughs> in the, the way we right. like to say sees sure. but not in like the way Connell sees Marianne and normal people type sees but like is starting in that moment and it comes out more later but to see the turmoil inside her mm-hmm. and and it will come out more but that was the first glimpse of it for me and he looks uncomfortable yeah I I yes, I he did look uncomfortable. I did think it was a little bit of like shell shock. Oh my god, here's this gorgeous 
girl who's also so smart and she's dancing and I don't I'm so awkward I don't know what to do but in the end he thanks her for helping him see he just doesn't love chess the way she does Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is I think she's so moved and so consumed by and into it that he's like I just don't feel that way and so I, I and he definitely comes to that realization. I think that, but that is part of her him seeing her. He's like, look at her; she yeah. is carried oh, yeah. away by this, and I just don't feel that way. Yeah, yeah, no, he does say that, but then that that he hands her that book at the end, and and they're talking about that famous chess player that lost his mind and retired at twenty two, and Morphe, I guess, was his name, and he said that he fell into a muttering paranoia and died, and. He tells her like, you know, he would stay up in cafes drinking all night and then he would play the next day and just just like destroy people. And he said they called that guy the pride and the sorrow of chess. Then he retired at 22 and Beth says, you think that's going to be me? And he says, I think that is you. I think maybe it's always been you. And then he takes the green pills, you know, and puts them down and just says, be careful, Beth. And, you know, that's kind of what I was saying before. I feel like he he does see her and sees the torment inside her, sees the demons and, and is sort of calling her on it. But, you know, it's, he cares about her, but he's like, I, I you know, I don't know what to do, but be careful, right, you know. Right, right, Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I think they're probably, I think we're not so far apart. I think we're probably saying the exact same thing, but just looking at it very differently, and he does the right thing, I thought, and the hard thing by leaving her because he deserves a better match too, right? It's not that she's just so pretty or or phenomenal that he should be glad to be with her. He deserves someone who's a better match for him. And I, I was really impressed yeah. with him in that moment when he left. For as many times as I kind of look at him and I think, ugh, you're such a wimp, he steps up and says... I'm just going to leave. This isn't right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was the fear, particularly probably on your part, that he was just going to be like the nice guy, like the moody, the one that's just like there to help her and, you know, but he isn't. You're right. He he stands up for himself. Yes. He can't help her anymore, but he can help himself. And and that means getting out. Uh, Yeah. And not just be a hangers on. Yeah. Do you have any more, Harry? Because otherwise I'm ready to get to Benny. We're going to Benny. We're going to the U.S. Championship. Yeah. If things with Harry were, I was thinking of Goldilocks. Things with Harry were too cold. Things with Benny are too hot. It's, yeah. It's too much. Still not the right fit, but the total opposite end of the spectrum. They're pushing their buttons so intense and so electric. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know it's not sustainable. No, the back and forth with them. Yeah, and and they're at the championships and he's crushing her at speed chess in the cafeteria and all he has to do is say no it's not even him he's like again and she's like i know she's in she is just throws her money down bam bam she can't stop she doesn't know when to stop and then we'll later contrast that with when she's kicking the shit out of him and she keeps saying again and yeah anyone would keep going your your ego is on the line your pride is on the line anyone would keep going but he clearly knows when to stop and he's like no mm-hmm. this is done uh-uh but yeah. she can't yeah. she cannot no. do it that was 
dizzying mm. watching that. Mm-hmm. Then afterwards, when she goes back to her room, she almost seems like, like, she's like not drunk, yeah. but just like no, it's, she's coming off the high or the the whatever that was the energy. For sure, that's the addict mind where she is has to recalibrate herself and come down mm-hmm. and and figure out how to to see straight again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. That is the addict mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, then they meet in the final and she beats him like a drum. She does. We've said repeatedly one of her weaknesses is that she's always on the attack and she doesn't mm-hmm. defend herself properly. And I think in this case at this time, pulling black at being the one to go second was a real benefit for her. And she beat him though. I mean, we don't we don't see that, which is interesting. We just they're sitting at the bar after and he's, you know, sort of fuming about how badly or how quickly she beat him yes. i guess it was like 30 moves and they're just drinking a beer and she's sort of like ah get over it dude yeah he's worried about her drinking because mm-hmm. he hasn't seen her this side of her until now and he's like oh do you always drink this much and she says sometimes i drink more i love that <laughs> exactly it's like mm, yeah but yeah so then he invites her or suggests right that he be her trainer and invites her to new york yes uh, yeah, and but you know just... where she thinks this is going. She doesn't care about training. She wants to get with him. And she's like, okay, yeah, super. she's touching his hair. Mm-hmm. And your hair is pretty. I like your hair. I like your hair. And he's like, sex is off the table. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, Mr. Hard to get. We'll see about that. Well, he does. He Until she is ready and until she is the next level. It is. It's totally off the table. And the drinking's off the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... Pills, everything. So now we're getting into episode six, New York City. They get to Benny's scary basement apartment. Yes. (laughs) It was very frightening to me. (laughs) To you too, because she clearly was, but I was like, yeah. Oh, I was horrified. I I just, yeah. But you know how I I, I have the Libra rising. Aesthetics are very important to me. And that was like, uh, I was... I was instantly depressed. Okay. (laughs) All right. But Benny wants to teach her the fundamentals. And she really resists. He says, you're bored by ordinary chess, even when it's played by grandmasters. And Mm -hmm. that is, that's true. She doesn't want it. And and it was the same reaction she had as she was telling poor Alma, who was already gone at that point, how bureaucratic and unimaginative Borgov was the first time she played him. And... But, but Benny is going to turn that around for her and he's going to play serious chess and, and teach her seriously. And he says the rules are no drinking, no pills, no sex, and, and you're going to learn what you're supposed to learn, what you should have already known. Mm-hmm. And then she does it. They they work. They do. And we get to see by the time she's done, a, a few people come over and she beats three men at the same time she wins her money one of which is a grandmaster apparently she wins all of her money back and again is pushing benny's buttons knows when to stop and he kicks everybody out and then that's when they let it happen yes well and also in that group that's when she meets cleo Mm -hmm. who uh, will come will come back to haunt her but yes cleo the model the one who's french and was always jet setting and mm-hmm. and Beth is enamored with her and this won't be this won't be the first time we see Cleo but I mean the last time we see Cleo mm-hmm. we can close out Cleo I mean I look I am all about free will 
Beth made lots of bad choices, but mm-hmm. oh, Cleo just should have backed off, and she. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a joke. This isn't like exactly know, like a a college midterm or something. You know, this is. Although I thought I think the exact same way. Then I did think though that Cleo doesn't really know her very well and the first time when she met her the time we're talking about now in in Benny's apartment she wasn't drinking mm. she doesn't know what she's dealing with here meaning that there is no such thing as one drink for Beth Harmon right and maybe maybe saying to someone oh come on just have one drink you know for a lot of people that would not have cratered their entire night and ruined their match the next morning she still should have backed off but you know, I don't think she quite understood. But even still, once she starts drinking, but she knew she was in Paris for a huge tournament and it's yes, the finals. Completely. So I mean, yes. I don't blame her for calling from the lobby and right, pushing her right. from the lobby. But when when right. she says, "I have the finals tomorrow, I really need to stay and rest," yeah. and then even if she came down for one drink, how about yes, just say, "That's what I was going to say." Once, once she starts, be like, "All right, yeah, you had your one. I don't want to ruin your next day or whatever." Yeah. So yeah. again, once she sees her go off pounding them back yeah it's bad though i mean they go on a complete bender this is not total bender i mean all night it looks like practically all night Uh, yeah yeah they they go find the guys they end up in the room i mean just Uh yeah yeah it's not not good not good so so cleo unfortunately we never should have met you this is the closest i had ever felt to what you talk about when when someone else like who was the girl with connell that he came that came in his girlfriend helen helen or yes was yes it was it, helen. look at me i'm like helen and i've never understood that when you say that i'm like ah, eh, whatever he's got to be happy too blah 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 no this is when i i understood it i was like oh cleo she's getting in the way of our girl but back to benny before real quick they have sex and she is like, oh, that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. She finally <laughs> gets it. But he kind of breaks her heart a little bit. He, She's into this. She has just had this amazing experience. She now kind of understands mm-hmm. sex and it's a game changer for her. She's glowing. And then he's like, well, listen, you should still play the Sicilian against Borgov. And she's like, what? See? But isn't this the problem of, of what you said earlier of your friends and lovers and colleagues all being obsessed with the same thing? I, this is an occupational hazard right there. I agree. Like, I don't think she should have been upset about it. I would have been happy. I That's me. I'm Benny. Oh, I'm Benny there. Oh, oh, yeah. oh I see. Oh, yeah. You're like, what's your problem? Yes. Yeah, we just said sex, but now I want to talk about chess again. Absolutely. I see. Okay, I see. Oh, then that's perfect. Yeah, if she, she does not think that way, though. She looks annoyed. Yeah, she she's does. like, I'm done with you. Yes. But that's also where she, Beth, admits that she loved and still loves Towns, which was surprising to me. I was totally surprised by that. Yeah, I forgot. Thank you. That That's the big part I wanted to take away from Cleo and her at the bar. Yeah, she asks her, like, you know, is there like a one that got away or one? And yeah, Beth's answer is Towns. And I'm like... Which makes yeah. sense when you think back to that first match between them and the way they had like eyed each other from across the room and how young and impressionable she was at mm-hmm. the time. You could see that that would linger with her, stay with her. Yes. Although, of course, I'm like, but you don't even know town. Right. I don't know that 
it would have held up or even that she believed it would have but just that maybe he was the one who not the one who got away the one who never really like what could that what could have that been yeah yeah yeah. okay so she wakes up in the in the bathtub in Paris right. and this is where we've we've now begun back at the beginning we're, we're seeing where she started didn't you think when you first saw this in the first episode I assumed that once we got back to this that it would be the end. I did. I don't know about you. I did. Yeah. And so I was surprised. I'm like, oh, we're back in the bathtub. And there's more than an hour, yeah, and a half to go. Yes. Yeah. And now we knew who the person with dark hair in the bed was. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was Cleo. And I'm like, oh, and then she's pulling herself out and racing down to play against Borgov. Oh, but we're, there's so much more after there this. Is. Oh, please. We're going to talk about this when we get to the next episode. But this show could have ended 12 times <laughs> yeah and it just kept going to my delight yeah so in this match with Borgov she is looking mm-hmm. around the room very suspiciously she's sweating she's having so many oh. flashbacks and she pretty quickly resigns it's embarrassing the whole thing is very embarrassing and that scene I thought I I felt it mm-hmm. I felt like like you said I her constantly drinking the water those shots of her hand like reaching for the empty water glass and she's sweaty like you said and pale and I I was like unraveling with her oh I, I wasn't it was I was so, so well pissed done. at her I, they did an amazing job it's just having personally have having experience with that I just couldn't I was just like oh you goddamn idiot like you fucked it up yeah yeah, no, I know. And then that tear just rolls down her cheek when she resigns. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's your own fault. I was pissed. Yeah. I really was pissed. Yeah. But so she's on her way back from Paris and Benny wants her to come. He I mean, he's pretty much begging her to come yeah. to New York and she refuses. He's like, what are you going to do? Just go home and drink? And she says, I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm going to do. Yeah. And at first, it's kind of, you think maybe this was the wake-up call she needed. She pulls her shit together. <laughs> she buys the house from that jerk adoptive father. Right. With, mm-hmm. And she gives him the goddamn business beforehand, right? And yeah. then... Yeah, calls him pathetic and everything. You yeah. adopted me. Yeah. You know, and when he doesn't, she's like, fine, I'll just buy it. And she packs up. Alma's old stuff she buys herself new things and we really think she's going to get her shit together she talks to Benny about and he wants to go with her to Moscow he says he misses her which was heartbreaking and she just doesn't respond yeah you know I thought I know what Cleo said about Benny nobody loves himself Mm. more than he does Mm. or ever but which I up until around now or even when he moved in with her I I think he was like that but I, I don't know Benny cares a lot about her yeah I mean I think he is thinking of someone other than himself now not that I thought they should be together I'm just saying I, I oh I, think I Benny, totally did I totally you wanted, wanted that. them to yes. yeah no that's fine yeah. yeah I I I could get on board with that <laughs> I'm just saying I, I do think Benny did not seem as selfish as Cleo painted him out to be or as I thought he was at, at sort of the beginning so yeah but yeah, he tells her to take this money from this Christian crusade and they'll pay for everything. That's what they did when I went and, you know, and I'll be your second and, and let's do it. Right. Yes. And then but, I I, mm. I forgot to go back and rewatch this. She goes out to eat, she gets a Gibson and she loses her fucking shit. What happened? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you could watch it again and still not know. She's in the restaurant with, and it reminds her of Alma, who had taught her, yeah. you know, Gibson is so sophisticated. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just have a Gibson. And then yeah. she's at That's the liquor it. store. And it's... I mean, with bottles. I mean, this is the oh. thing. And then she, out of control, well, uh, drinking yeah. continues. So, I mean, obviously the drinking is the clearest proximate cause he's starts drinking and then she can't stop and Mm -hmm. but I do think it was Benny helping her and and maybe even saying I miss you and her inability to connect with that because as much as she's got her stuff together and she's buying the house and getting the neighbor's kid to mow the lawn yeah she is not feeling she's not going through anything and just because it looks on the outside like the right things to do she's not she's not living she's still numbing herself if not with alcohol but she's numbing herself with something else and this is just an extension of that in the other direction in the in the more self-destructive direction it's like I said for Fleabag perfectionism and self-destruction are just two sides of the same two coin the same and all coin. of it's not meant to be feeling and not meant to be living the life that you're living and and figuring it yeah. out for yourself and so no you're right because she didn't process no, what happened in, in Paris she all. didn't process what the she her, probably didn't even process she, Alma's death no you're right, right. you're right because we don't see her do that and no. that Harry just comes and she just throws yeah. herself into training then right after that yeah. then she has this spectacular fall in Paris doesn't process that and then you're right yeah did the external things to make it look like all right I've got a house I've got to focus on that but that's just busying yourself and also just looking as if you have your shit figured out when she clearly did not not. so that one drink just yep sent her in the other she's like oh we can do it we could do it this way too we can do it with yeah we can numb ourselves with lots of things right and you're yeah and you're right maybe maybe benny saying i miss you Mm. was a trigger yeah is that that's what i think yeah I, i i just think it was that she hadn't processed things and the minute she has that one drink it sort of starts to feel good and the addict in her just is like, you know what, I, I rather than deal with any of this, I'll just go down to this black hole. Like, I know this hole. I like it there. I don't feel anything there. I'll just obliterate it. But that's when she has that moment with Harry, mm-hmm. which I was kind of referring to earlier where I do think that Harry really does see her in a way that no one else does. Mm-hmm. And you know, we learn that it's because his father drank too much and he recognizes the signs. He probably couldn't stop it there any more than he can stop it with her. She's got to figure this out on her own. Yeah, and in episode seven, this was the one I listened to, the first where her mother's talking. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the opening lines are, most of the time when people tell you something is for the best, it's really for the worst. This time, it's true, okay? Oh. That is just mm. heartbreaking. And and what she's talking about is that she is going to leave her and that, that that's going to be for the best. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. it's hard to think about as a mother the idea that your child's life could be much better without you in it is just yeah. almost incomprehensible impossible yeah it really it really is but when you can kind of step back and look at it in this arc in this story 
I mean, you have to wonder, is it true? I know. It is really hard, though, to separate as a mother. I, But I think sometimes it is. When she arrives at Methun, the headmistress says, you might find a better life here than you have had mm-hmm, otherwise. Yeah. And you think about it. She would have never met Mr. Scheibel. She may have never learned to play chess. She would have never been adopted by Alma. Yeah, no, I, I think we're we're seeing it through her that this was ultimately the better way. I don't know. I still believe that chess would have found some way into her life otherwise. That that this wasn't her one shot. I guess I just don't believe you ever have one shot at something. Like, And then you miss right. it and then it, oh, that's it. No chess for you for the whole rest of your life. This is not your fate. The whole, I mean, it's that big in her life that I don't know that she yeah. would have had no chance at it otherwise but I agree and what and she says also you know we have a problem to solve and and that's like what's the problem it's like the problem is you like well she says what I'm gonna the problem is what I'm gonna do with you yes what to to do with you what to do with you like you're the problem meaning I have to figure out what to do with you oh no but I didn't did you think she was trying to kill them both or just herself Uh, I mean, how would you know? I mean, right. even if the answer is she only wanted to kill herself. Well, I mean, if you hurl your car in front of a, a truck and your kid's in the car, yes. I mean, I don't know how you can be sure you're only, if you really just want to kill yourself, you know, you and definitely spare your daughter, you could find numerous other ways that don't possibly put her life in harm's way. Oh. So I didn't know if she was, you know, I mean, you could, I don't need to go through the ways that yeah. a person could kill themselves. But yeah. do you know what I mean? So then I was like, are we supposed to think she wanted to, them both to die i don't i i mean i hope not it's certainly open for interpretation but i know that sometimes you can only see what's right in front of you and she had just come off i mean what if her father hadn't turned her away right Mm, true and maybe her mother was just like that was it this is all she saw i do think she was trying to kill herself and not beth i have no basis for that other than my own personal projections so yeah yeah no that that's what I just was wondering I I think so too I just like I said for those reasons I was like but I don't I want to believe that anyway so let's go with that yeah yeah I don't know how much of a difference it really makes but I just know that one person usually can't see beyond I mean I think we talked about this in green lights Matthew McConaughey's parents fighting and and fighting each other and he broke her nose stabbing it him in front of the kids and then they hug and have sex I mean none of that's appropriate for to be doing in front of kids but they couldn't see that they couldn't see past Mm -hmm. themselves and in the moment they were in and I believe that that's probably the same for the state she was in Yeah, yeah yeah but when we did the first episode I had asked do you think that Beth's addiction her struggles were a result of the trauma that she had experienced or genetics And I think the writer here really gives us the answer, which is, well, at least they're trying to push this agenda that free will is stronger than fate because Beth took away an important lesson and a bad lesson from her mother. But this guides Beth in her whole life, that exchange between her mother and her father. She's Mm -hmm. the mother is begging the father for help. She says she feels like she's letting Beth down. She doesn't say, I can't deal with her. She's a brat. I can't handle this. She says, I feel like I'm letting her down. And Mm. she says, I need help. And he says, 
it's too late. And all of this as Beth is watching. What do you think, especially that age, nine years old, she's learning very consciously, do not ask for help. Because even if you desperately need it, and it's not available, and if you can't figure it out, you will die. You will kill yourself, you will perish, it will be over. And here it is, Beth living the same wrong lesson that was her mother's and not hers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. throughout this whole series. And that she has to learn to ask for help and to take help. Yeah. Maybe not ask for it. I don't know that she she actually doesn't ask for she it, doesn't. but she she certainly receives it. Yes. And takes it. Yes. Well, I think she has been all along. We'll talk about that later because that is her big lesson. We'll talk about that in the flashback and then mm-hmm. and then later at the episode. But Jolene comes and helps her take a fir- her first baby step out of where she is. Yes. And she I love she's like it looks like you're in a deep <laughs> hole. One you dug yourself. I suggest you stop digging. <laughs> Exactly. She's awesome. Oh, so good. She's uh, such the breath of fresh air that that this story needs and obviously that Beth needs and that we all yeah. wanted. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's back because Scheibel has died. That's right. And she goes back to the orphanage mm. and she walks around and, and goes down to the basement yeah. and sees that Scheibel has been cutting out all the newspaper articles about her and and following all her achievements and and then Beth takes this picture that he had tacked up and and gets back in the car with Jolene and just starts sobbing and it's a picture of little Beth with those bangs and Scheibel and I just like she like to me in this moment you know, she realizes that there's, she has a lot of people in her life that, that love and care about her. And she's not as alone as she thought. That was as close to a father as she was ever going to have. Yeah. And yeah. That, that losing him then would feel like, like a loss of a different magnitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she also flashes back to a moment at the orphanage when she hears choices have consequences you are here because your parents made bad ones you have to learn to make different ones and Mm. that's again part of her realization and her awakening like okay I do have agency here to make different choices right and then she goes and she breaks ties with the church in a epic way just (laughs) handing them a check for all their money back and (laughs) and she's stopped with the drinking and She's talking to Jolene and she's realizing things for herself, but the outside is getting worse because now she has no money. She can't get to Moscow. She calls Benny thinking he's going to help her as he always has. And he's like, I'm pissed. Remember, you said you would rather be alone and drunk than with me. So, and he says, don't call me anymore. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Benny. <laughs> no, I think he, ben, yeah. he did And Benny right says thing. he doesn't have the money though, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he would have given it to her if he did. Anyway. Because <laughs> I mean, exactly. she's like, you don't? I, it might have yeah, been a lie. Come on. Yeah. But the yeah, fact of the matter yeah. is so he's she... like, I don't believe in you. I'm not make, I'm not betting on you anymore. And then yeah. Jolene, though, does. And she says she'll give her the money. And Beth calls her her guardian angel. And Jolene has I the love... best response. She's mm. like, screw you. Yeah. I'm not, Fuck you. Yeah, I'm yeah. not here mm-hmm. to save you. I can barely save me. I'm here because you need me. That's what family does. That's what we are. That's what we are. Those two. Oh. I know. That was good. That was good. Yeah, that's great. 
real impact, the right moment, the right time, the right person, all of it was just aligned. Yeah. And she's got the money. And then she gets off to Moscow. Mm-hmm. One of the immediate things that I thought of when she got to Russia, which will come out throughout, is just how the people of Russia view chess. I mean, it is just completely part of their culture. I mean, it, unlike anything she's ever seen, I think, certainly in the U.S., is really staggering to her mm-hmm. even. Um, That's true. And, and Benny had said it earlier. Look at them in Ohio. There's, if, you know, he said if this was golf, there'd be reporters. And then instead of all these asleep smelly people and she's like he's like we get no respect and you're right it is a stark difference in russia right and they even comment that it's not even unusual to see a woman there there was a woman champion there and that's right and that but she doesn't get to play the men right so that she was sitting there watching Mm -hmm. so then she starts playing some grandmasters, one of which looks like Einstein. You're right, the white-haired guy. Yeah, I forgot his name. But to me, this is the whole sequence that sets off the ending. And mm-hmm. this is when, frankly, I started crying. When he says, I resign with, with relief. And he says, you are a marvel, my dear. I may have just played the best chess player of my life. And oh. I know, and she's so almost embarrassed and doesn't really know what to say and he knows it and he goes oh don't worry you'll get used to it which I thought mm-hmm. was just so lovely too but yeah but of course who, yeah. whatever his name is this is someone whose books she has yes. read I mean this is this guy is a famous grandmaster someone she's revered and I mean for him to say that you're absolutely right I started I was like oh yeah okay. and not only does I he didn't st- start crying yet I was getting choked up then. oh I was <laughs> really I was definitely crying at that point but and he he says not only she says right I've read all your books I'm I'm a fan and he says I studied your games and you are a marvel my dear we know that. that the big thing that happened here it's a little bit of again it's more of an emotional turning point than an actual plot turning point because the truth of the matter is the only reason she got here is because she didn't get blindsided she had overheard him speaking with Borgov, which again harkens back to Benny saying, you know, the Russians, they all work together. No one in America works together. So he heard right. Borgov working with him on this attack. And if he, if she hadn't, she wouldn't have seen this coming. She would have gotten locked in. She would have gotten pissed off and she would have lost her ability to win. This, this match mm-hmm. goes nowhere if she hadn't had that moment. Right, right. But it does, and she is able to get out of it, and then she's lined up to play Borgov, and she thinks of her mother. And again, we're we're coming back to not only the first episode, but the very beginning of this episode, which is now, you know, this episode is pretty long, so it's now like an hour ago. And the lines that they repeat are the most telling ones, I think. She says, it goes just to her mom saying, I need your help, and the father saying, it's too late. And again... Mm-hmm. Beth says back in the car Beth says who was that and she says a mistake a rounding error a problem I've got to work out and that is the moment when she's like no god damn it I I am the problem to be worked out what to do with me is a problem to be worked out and she throws out her pills exactly yeah yep yeah. this is the turning point and she needs to stop acting like she's not a problem to work out she is and she's got to be working on it yeah. and she's not and yeah. this is her first moment of of claiming first that step. so she starts playing Borgov. she is white this time which is which gives her gives any chess player a slight edge and we know right off the bat from the commentator that 
he decides, Borgov decides to take a new approach. He does something outside of his mm-hmm. comfort zone. I guess he's thinking that's what he needs to do to beat Beth. But we know from what Benny mm-hmm. said in bed. Yeah. You can't pay your own game. Exactly. Yeah. So he. So already he's trying to change his game for her which and he is off balance that is not what he should have done so he just decides to adjourn he gets up he writes down his thing and he just gets up and without a word and leaves and Mm -hmm. it was surprising to everyone including beth as she's walking away though that's when towns comes Right, right. The reporters are asking questions and then she hears his voice. I liked how they did that. I was like, oh, Towns, mm-hmm. he's back. And they hug. They hug it out. Yeah. Uh, right. But then they have their scene back in the room, mm-hmm. which I have questions about. Oh, um, okay. Well, I'm just a little confused. Well, so, first it so starts Towns, out with some very yeah. s- sincere apologies, real Yeah, that's empathy. the part I have questions oh. about. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, because I, yeah, because, so he tells, I'm just a little confused, right? He says, I know you were angry with me and I'm sorry. I should have told you the whole story. She says, no, I'm sorry. I should have let you. And he says, I was a little confused. You really are something. But what I really wanted for us was to be friends. I mean, what is he, what was the whole story he wanted to tell that she's saying I should have let you, meaning whatever was going on with him and that guy? Or what, what are we apologizing okay. for other than, yes, it was a weird incident, both sides. I think he's saying, I did not mean to mislead you. I did want you in the room. I did, like when I was looking up with you, those big eyes and touching your hair. and I meant all that. Yeah, but it was only because you're just so exceptional. The truth of the matter is I'm gay. I am not interested. That was never going to happen, but I got caught up in the moment. And, and she that's why she rightly apologizes. She didn't let him explain any of that. I mean, so no one was going to say the obvious that he was or or, that he was gay. We're just supposed to assume that she understands that that's what the confusion was. And no, the confusion was that he felt something when he looked up at her and was taking her picture. But it wasn't real. He was never going to love her and be with her. He was right because he's gay. Gay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, And I think I think I read somewhere that. At that this time, which is was nineteen sixty seven, I think, or whatever, it was still illegal. It's, I mean, I should, I don't know my my history, and that that's not, which is why it, they're not overtly discussing it. Okay, that makes sense. Which sure, uh, which does make sense. I mean, again, I didn't fact check that. I don't know, but it seems like it's possible. Yeah. Okay, so I liked the moment when he said, "You kind of broke my heart," and she was, "I have a way of mm. doing that." I like that mm. line. Meanwhile, yeah, then, it was her who was really the one suffering, and he wasn't had suffering the at all. So yeah. Yeah. then she tells him that she thinks she needs the pills mm-hmm. and alcohol to win. Yeah, she says, "I need my mind cloudy. I can't visualize the games without them." And she concludes the conversation with, "I just really need them right now, or I thought I did, and now that she, that he's there, she's sort of giving him a wink, like now that you're here, maybe I don't, but I still kind of think I do." Because right. this isn't going to cut and Like it. I poured them out, but I also called downstairs to see where I could get more. So, I mean, you know, she she's being honest. Like, But when he challenges her and says, you've been doing well without them, she was like, but I can't do this next part, is what she's saying. Mm-hmm. I can't do this next part without them. But, you know, but she's willing to go to sleep. And then the next morning, yes. Towns wakes her up with a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. a phone call. Oh, my God. I just couldn't. This- I couldn't. I can't even talk about it. People, 
all her people oh. on the line, Benny and Harry and all her friends, the, the twins. Well, I don't even know their names <laughs> early on. We're like, why are these guys everywhere? Well, they're back. Yeah, the Grandmaster, oh the other guy she beat in New York, they're all there. To go through every possible permutation and variation of the next moves that Borgoff could make and then how she should respond. Yeah. But why I was crying. Well, so why were you crying? Okay. So <laughs> first, the, I, I had a lot of thoughts about this scene yeah. at first. I mean, first I I was like, oh boy, like, is this where, it, is this where, uh, honestly, I thought, is this where it comes through that a man wrote this? I was thinking first, oh, sure, she needs a bunch of men to help her win this match. Yeah, they have to tell her what to do. She had to get all the men back uh, to do it. Mm. But then I thought, and then I thought, secondly, I'm like, oh, is this like a little cheesy, like, oh, look, the gang's all back together. But that it's just that I, then I was just so emotional because I'm like, it's just okay to need people and to find comfort or support from people who are genuinely rooting for you and who are trying to help you. And especially for Beth, you'd been taught, you know, in all these flashbacks we learned from her mother to go it alone or, you know, to don't ask for help and all this. And cause you, when you need it, you won't get it. Like you said before. And, and she gets it here and she receives it. And when you see her face on the phone, she's so moved by this. And then I just saw it for me is what it was, was just, just them offering her genuine support and help and and then i just i don't know i just i i that's when the bawling started oh yeah i mean the bawling started for me as soon as he handed the phone over and benny was on the other side i agree with all of those things but for me the the change was so visceral because she always knew she needed help that's what she thought she was getting from the pills was help Mm. but also relief relief from having to do every single part the thinking the planning the executing the feeling the dealing the consequences all of it she had to do all of it herself and the pills and the booze they gave her relief but this is a moment where she understands there's another way and Mm -hmm. that was just what oh just eviscerated me that real yeah. that realization that that you can get relief from someone else and Have, you're not a person that likes to ask for help me no you, you. Oh, yeah no right no but no. nor so did she would... and nor does she yes exactly yeah. and but yeah. it, just another way of framing it because it is framed with help but for me the feeling i guess the outward presentation is asking for help the inward feeling and what i felt for her is the relief and that is something she was getting all along and i've done this too with with alcohol and and different ways that you can get that relief and she was getting it all along because you do need it. But this is a, a, a healthier, better way of getting it. And, oh, that really, that crushed me. And I, yeah, I don't, and that you don't have to do this alone. Yeah, yeah but I don't, like, yeah. That's but, a relief, though, I guess, to me. But, that's a but huge does, relief. Yeah, but does doing it alone, is it the same with the pills? Yeah, but one is... Right. Oh, yes. Healthier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Healthier. Not disagreeing. It's just a really fine point on something that we've talked about lots and, but I've never seen in the same way and probably why I still 
continue to struggle to this day, I don't really want help. What I want is relief. And there are many ways to get it. Some healthier, some un- not healthier. Right. right. And I guess I'd just say help. When you get help, it gives you relief. I guess. I, I mean, I, right? I don't know. I don't know. When it's good, when the help, when it's helpful. When I'm, you know what I mean? Like people giving you, helping you in ways that aren't helpful doesn't give you relief. Uh, well, but that's not, when, I don't, but see, that's, I guess, and now we're really just getting into me being on the couch. I don't I, know if that's true. No. There's been plenty <laughs> of times when I've, when I have reached out to someone, no, plenty, plenty is the wrong word. There have been times, maybe one or two, when I've reached out and the person was actually not at all helpful and still gave me relief. And there have also been times when I've reached out and gotten help that has been helpful and isn't a relief. It, yeah, it, I can see the, that. It is a, I, I do get it's that. It's a totally... It's a feeling. It's a razor that, that, thin difference. But mm-hmm. it is one that yeah. internally feels so different. And you can see it on her face here that it is the kind you're describing Oh, I love when she got choked up when she heard Harry's voice. Harry, oh, exactly. Oh. And she's so overcome. You're right with with emotion in that moment, and and I it was it was I love that scene. Too much. I just oh, bawled the whole. And there was no way I could stop after that. I was just it had set off something in me, and I just cried through the rest. But since we're not watching it, we're yeah. just talking about it. We can move on. So honestly, yeah. <laughs> though, I would have been perfectly fine with that being the end of the show if that was the end of the whole thing I would have been very happy to me it was very well I'll save that I'll save that yeah that's a huge part for me I agree with you that 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 was so satisfying we'll talk about it a little more at the end because I do want to go through kind of the beats first but I'm going to come to how I think the best thing that could ever happen is a woman written by a man in this way but but I, I'm not throwing out the whole podcast. Don't worry. But but we'll get to that. We'll get to it. Okay. So then it's the next day and she's back to the big game with Borgov. And she already knows they've gone through so many variations. She feels really prepared and ready. And they're doing a bunch of moves right. that seem fine. But then at some point he moves upon and Towns whispers. Shit. Like shit that's not what he's supposed to do mm-hmm. or yeah and this is the point where she would have gotten all screwed up she would have gotten mm-hmm. locked in and she would have thrown the game right she would have not been able to recover but yep. instead she doesn't and she looks to the ceiling and this time this was the most beautiful moment for me when she's looking at that mm-hmm. gorgeous ceiling and she's doing the chest like she did on the ceiling in her mind her eyes the light on her yeah. it's so stunning Oh my gosh. And like we said, I've loved those giant Mm -hmm. chess pieces moving. But in this moment, you're right. It is, you're right there with her. And I'm like, of course, I really was, again, at the edge of my seat. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta find a way inside yourself, Beth. See the moves. See the moves. And she does. And and of course, everyone else is looking up at the ceiling, by the way, right? Like, Borgoff's like, what the fuck's (laughs) up there? And like the commentator, like the whole audience is like, what is she looking Mm -hmm. at? And she recovers. And that alone is enough to throw Borgov. And he offers her a draw. And we have a moment while she thinks about it. And the announcer says, Borgov never offers a draw. Mm -hmm. This is pretty amazing. She could be co-world champion. This is a big deal. She should definitely take it. And then he says, but the one thing we know about Elizabeth Harmon is she loves to win. Still win. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I got scared. 
You're saying yes, but I I did not feel yes. No, I'm saying yes because I love the, I mean, plus it's a TV show. I figured she would go for it. You can't take a draw. Right. No. Right. But I got scared. I thought that meant she was going to lose because she oh she's too, okay she, no see I thought that meant she was gonna win no, but, but you're right it could have easily been yeah that she's blinded by you know her desire to win we've and, seen it with Benny she gets blindsided and she doesn't this is what you talked about with Alma you you were too busy trying to win and she says yeah you don't know anything about chess I well I know about losing and now you do too I agree. But I felt confident by this point. I felt like Beth had changed. That she, that, that she, I, I don't know. I didn't have the same reaction. But you're right. Based on what we've seen about In her, this that show. was a totally yeah. reasonable. Yeah, 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 totally reasonable reaction. But I also, you know, like I said, I compared these to some of the great sports movies. I'm like, yeah, you know how this is gonna go. I mean, yeah. Well, she's gonna win. see. I also think she could have taken. I don't know that the right ending isn't taking the draw because she would have learned a different lesson. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah. Under my sports movie theory, though, that when you, yeah. you got to come away with the win. Yeah. Yeah. I got. Yeah. Yeah. But this was such a deep character movie. I didn't. Or, yeah. So I didn't think of it just as like as simple as no, those beats, not. Right? But yeah. yeah. But I just I don't know. Yeah. I that's just I I had no fear right. of her losing. But but you obviously the then felt something about the win. I then yes, you were like that's great. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! Oh my god, she oh, she's just accomplished the very thing she wants to win. Yeah. She wants to be the best, and this is what she's been working for, and and studying. And I mean, yeah, I was I was so pumped by the way. And but then also, you didn't think back to that conversation with the little boy, which is like, well, what are you gonna do after that? You're gonna win, and then what? Well, then you'll figure, yeah, no, well, that's fine. Of course, you always have to figure out what you're going to do after. You'd have to figure that out even if you got a draw, right? I mean. No, well, then she could have, she would keep the goal of wanting to be winner. And that would be the next. Yes, I know. I didn't worry about that. I was too busy pumping my best. All right. And celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that. When she's back in the yeah. car with the security yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, he's going through, you're going to go back to Washington and you'll play chess against the president and hear your talking points for a party in Georgetown after, you know, beating the Soviets is a big deal. We'll want you to say this or that. And it sort of reminded me of the Christian crusade group. She's not real big on people telling her what to do yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or what to say. Yeah. Like the minute you hand her talking points, you should just know it's all over. Yeah. A friend of mine she said over, she, right? she liked that she defied convention all the time. But I don't, to me, I think she's never learned it. It's the distinction like I made in Untamed, the difference between becoming untamed and having been raised feral. And that's, by the way, what I said about myself. So I'm not. But but I do think she's got that same thing going on. There's a lot less to unlearn when you haven't learned what you're, quote unquote, supposed to do. Oh, so that's a good point, because I would have said what your friend said, that I do think she defies, I would have said that, defies convention or doesn't doesn't do what other people tell her to do because that's what's expected but you're saying yeah if you don't know what's expected because you never really learn the rules you don't think you're breaking right or you don't you don't care either way you just do what you do and and to me this is what the ending represented she was just she was just doing what she wants to do she follows what she loves and she loves chess yeah and when she goes asks you know the car to pull over and she goes walking through and she sees all the old men playing chess and you know they're obviously realize who she is and shaking her hand and everything and 
when she sits down with the the old man and and she says let's play and that's the that's the last line and she looks so happy but i think she's found the joy in chess again and and it's time for her to be able to celebrate her accomplishments i think that it's her victory lap hmm. there at the end hmm. yeah i don't know so. again to me it felt like a beginning again it wasn't a celebration yeah. of what happened it was a, it was a going back to what really matters and she's like i'm just gonna yeah. do what i love and what i love is to play chess and that's against borgov or that's against these guys in the park it just is yeah. what mm-hmm. it, it is who i am and this was one of those moments where i thought she hasn't changed at all and that was a good thing this is a part of her right. i didn't want to see change and didn't change. And I was very happy about that. I love that this show was so incredibly drawn and written mm. that you could debate all of this. And to me, it's not a right or wrong. To me, it's like you bring yeah. to it what you bring to it. And they don't feel contradictory to me. They just feel like different yeah. points of view. And that yeah. is why I really was so impressed with this ending. I, I said it all along, the way this show always set up your expectations to be exactly what you expect they know what your expectations are going to be they're not going to thwart the expectation from the start but they are going to subvert them at the point you think is going to come through the way you expected and you know the person I was thinking of the most at the end do you know no no Britt Marling oh I did not think of that this is the hero's journey with a very feminine, and again, we're not not talking about girl or, or gender, we're talking about the feminine and this idea in her New York Times piece, I don't want to be a strong female lead, because still they were still always following the hero's quest, and the hero's quest in and of itself is a masculine idea, because a feminine way to approach a, co- a problem or an obstacle is to band together and com- let community overcome and and let brainstorming and working together and that's exactly what happened yes. and yet we got our hero's journey for the people who would have been too upset at it not being that way but if you really look deeper and if that's what you wanted to see you see this as a really this is not her journey this is everyone's journey everyone on that phone Jolene's because she gave her the money Scheibel's for teaching yeah. her this is a real group effort in the a way. ending doesn't Community. happen without all of those people right. and I thought that was it just is, a beautiful those... combination of that masculine and feminine that's right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The ideas of community and working together was a very feminine notion. I could not help but think of the OA and, and our conversation that we did in a quick cap a long time ago and then our conversation with, with Chloe Benjamin and how the group has to overcome instead of one person being the, the hero. Yes, but I do love, though, that in that one moment when she looks up at the ceiling, it is on her Mm -hmm. in that moment to see the move, meaning I do like it. Yeah, it's got both. It's the masculine journey and the feminine journey. I I do. I love that there was the combination. You're absolutely right. And so we think that, that that the male has clear here has clearly drawn us a complex complicated female protagonist well i don't know i I, he has yes 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 that 
but I yeah. feel like we found that before. I am really marveling at the true, I'm not even talking about gender, the man who wrote the woman, Beth Harmon. I'm talking about the yoking of the masculine and the feminine. And that was just next level. Yeah. yeah. This this is just fantastic. No. I yeah. love this so much. I immediately bought the book. I cannot wait to see the differences. Yeah, I've heard it's very true to form, but yeah, I guess we'll find out. You'll I'm, tell me. I'm very excited for that. And I can't believe how long ago it was written. I and I wonder if the, or then something. that would matter yeah. to me a lot, the the ending, the guys coming back and mm. helping her, if that's in there. That, <laughs> that would be a big deal because, like I said, that feels like a very, very progressive, almost beyond where anyone else in 2020 actually is. I mean, I think Britt Marling's too ahead of her time I do and yeah, that and yeah. this would be reflective of that the masculine and the feminine way of approaching the end yes maybe he was ahead of his time yeah I read an interview with the actress Anna Taylor Joy and she said about the ending they asked her about that last mm-hmm. scene first of all people a lot of people asked whether Beth had defected to the USSR <laughs> but that's apparently like a <laughs> out in the blogosphere or the internet like that's a big did you ever think that I didn't sure I think it was unclear I think that like you said they take chess so much more seriously there what was she going to go back to I mean I don't that wouldn't surprise me that is what people are saying it wouldn't surprise me Um, I didn't care either way so I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it it wasn't a big yeah it wasn't a big deal for you but they asked her that and the actress just laughed but she said that moment for me man I cannot tell you how connected I was to this character she said at the end of every one of those takes I would just start crying (laughs) see it's apparently happens to everyone We want to let you know we've launched a Patreon page where supporters can receive perks like bonus episodes and exclusive content. Because Pop Fiction Women is our passion project, a place where we give women space to show up and offer in-depth analysis in the ways we're used to hearing about male creators and their characters. We delve into creativity and psychology with a dash of astrology, and we have so much fun doing it. Just two friends breaking down books, movies, and shows like... Normal People, Fleabag, and I May Destroy You. Every single aspect of this podcast we do ourselves, from the preparation to the recording, from the editing to the social media promotion. So we're adding a Patreon platform because we want to keep making the show you love and hopefully expand it even further. So please consider becoming one of our most complicated fans and contributing on Patreon. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash pop fiction women this has been pop fiction women with corinne and kate if you enjoyed this show please tell the complicated women in your life and the men who love them yes tell them to listen and then to follow on spotify or review and subscribe on apple podcasts and of course share on social media tag us with your favorite books TV shows and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at Pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.